I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And I'm Valerie. And today we watched the 1977 Disney film Pete's Dragon. Uh, it's about a boy and his dragon, and it's a partially uh, animated but mostly live action musical film. Who would like to give a brief spoiler-free plot synopsis of this film? I will, since I haven't done it for a long time. And I, well, I don't want to give away, but I love this so much. Okay. I don't want to give away, but, <laughs> but I do I love, love it. it. I love this so much. Okay. So you have a young orphan boy, adorable, um, that is, you see, hiding. And basically, there's a family that bought him, well, got him from an orphanage. They're basically using him as slave labor. So he is running away, hiding from them. Um, you find out that he is hiding with the dragon, which you can't see initially, but the dragon is helping him. And so they escape to a small town, uh, Passamaquoddy. And, um, and, you know, to try to get away from, uh, the, the, the family and to, you know, find a place to, to stay or hide or whatever. And so they end up meeting up with, Nora um, and her father, who who run the lighthouse, he finds a home there. There is some some tensions between the townspeople, the school teacher, and all because no one can see the dragon who's invisible, who is um, kind of creating some messes. Everything from knocking down fences to um, putting the school teachers who's being mean. Basically, the dragon constantly is defending Pete, who is the little boy. But also, and, he's just kind of a little rapscallion to yes, an extent. Yes, and so. But since no one can see the dragon, the boy gets all the blame. And so, but Nora takes up for the boy. She gets him enrolled in school. Um, You also then have uh, some side characters that come in and it's a... um, Snake oil salesman? Flim Flam Man. Yeah, and I forgot, I forgot what they were <laughs> I like called, Flim too. Flam like, Man. I want to say... Uh, He's Dr. Terminus, but... Yes, yes, right. yes who comes Dr. in on... Terminus and, Terminus and Hoagie. Yes. Yes, it comes in on his wagon and to sell all of his shenanigans. And so ultimately, um, he hears, uh, well, when after selling one day, um, he, Nora's father, the lighthouse keeper, um, he was drunk and he saw, he saw the dragon. He, um, was afraid of the dragon and all that. And so he had told all his buddies in the bar, but he ends up in a, in a drunken stupor coming to the doctor and Hoagie, you know, telling him about the dragon, you know, cause he's asking the doctor since he's a man of science. And of course they don't believe him, but he ends up, uh, go, Hoagie, uh, goes with him to the cave. They see the dragon. Hoagie tries to tell the doctor. Ultimately, doesn't believe anything until till the school teacher one of the next day is being mean and and doing corporal punishment, Ugh. Um, and being just super super mean, swatting. Um, but yeah, so she's basically swat. It, she's just being terrible because she's not believing him and swatting him on the back of his hands. Um, you know, with ruler and all that. And so Pete is not having any of it. Ultimately, he um, Elliot. Elliot. I did say Pete. Sorry. Ultimately, Elliot um, rampages and, you know, runs in one side of the of the schoolhouse. And I think I don't remember. And then out the other. So so basically, you know, with all the havoc and the things that he's doing, the school teacher does realize it's a dragon. So does most of the 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 townspeople. And then, of course, then the doc is like, okay. so he then wants to get a hold of the dragon and and. And dice it up, slice it up so he can make all kinds of remedies for his, uh, you know, snake and oil, you know, for his, you know, selling all of his tonics and stuff to people. And so, yeah. Um, and then, of course, the bad guy, uh, the um, the really Gogans. rotten family. Yeah, the Gogans uh, come into town and, of course, find out quickly that, yeah, when he when they're asking around about Pete, um, Hoagie ends up saying, yeah, when they basically saying this kid, you know, talks about a dragon and of course hoagie so they find out that yes he's here and so i don't know if you want me to stop there well ultimately they team up with the doctor to basically try to get the boy back because they want their slave labor back um and and by the way they did run into nora nora's not having any of it so she's protecting him and so they're back at the lighthouse so anyway yeah you know how does it wrap up is it a happy ending we shall see no they all die (laughs) It's really lighthearted until the end where just everyone dies. It's real sad. Spoilers. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, what did we think of this movie? 
I came in with lots of nostalgia. Well, and I didn't realize it until the music started playing, and I knew that I liked Pete Dragon, but I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Yeah, I feel like I had seen it a long time ago. I but definitely I didn't really, saw it as a kid. I didn't really remember it. Um, but, I mean, it was a, a fun musical. It was, um, it was, it was good. It was fine. Uh, yeah, it's cute. It's not my favorite, and I wouldn't want to watch it again anytime soon, but, like, it's cute. The, it's definitely, it. it definitely has moments that win me over, even if some other moments kind of don't work for me, but... You guys cannot diss on this movie at all. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, ultimately I'd recommend it. It's cute. Let's get specific, by which I mean fun facts from me. This film is based on the unpublished short story Pete's Dragon in the USA, in parentheses Forever After, by Seton L. Miller and S.S. Field. That's a long title. <laughs> um, it uh, The project was initially conceived in 1957 oh. as a two-part episode of the Disneyland television series, but it was shelved until it was rediscovered by producer Jerome Cortland, who hired uh, writer Malcolm Mammerstein to write the script. For his script, Mammerstein revised the story from being in contemporary time into a period setting and had the dragon changed from being wholly imaginary into a real one. The film was released on November 3rd, 1977 to mixed reviews from critics. It was a moderate financial success, grossing $18 million over a $10 million budget. And uh, last fun fact for now, the town Passamataquai was named after the real Native American tribe of the same name in Maine, uh, which I don't know about for you, but for me makes some of the name jokes a little gross. But uh, just kind of, you know, white people being like, oh, it's so hard to pronounce these foreign names. But, but it's not uh, foreign, but, you know. Right, exactly. Passamaquoddy. <laughs> I forgot what you said. I don't know that they say it well. Oh. But <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah. So, uh, but let's talk about the story and characters and stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, like on the name, what is it, the uh, New England area? Yeah, exactly. Narragansett or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah it is what it is. But uh, I thought it was really fun watching these actors in the beginning playing the bad guys, the Gogans, really hamming it up while they were singing. The song itself didn't do a lot for me, but the, their performances was definitely like, okay, we understand what we're getting in this movie. Really yeah. kind of theatrical. Very hammy, very physical. Yeah, yeah. I, sorry, I absolutely love, one is I really... We're talking story and characters. So yeah. I love, I love the physicality, as you just yeah. mentioned, of, of the characters. I also love how the story makes sense. It is a it, it solid, it weaves around and like story threads that start. They are, they do have fairly strong threads that weave all the way through and it makes sense. And it, and it, I, I, anyway, I like it. Even some of the dialogue, for example, like, you know, between, between parties or between, you know, the dynamics and stuff between, between characters, even small characters. Like there was an interaction between Nora and the school teacher when she brought mm. Pete the first time. And so there was this tension, you know, this kind of snooty tension, but it's kind of like outsmarting, you know, like Nora kind of outsmarting and the logic and whatever using, you know, this ultimately, even though this, this woman was just very judgmental and snooty and whatever, but using, you know, education and the boy needs an ed education and stuff. Just It was a good verb. Yeah, 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 and and there would be different things like that plus, that I just plus really like the BS that she said about like oh the place where his records were held that it, the the whole building burnt up. And yes, it, it's like well how about this other record? Oh well the fire you see it it got over to that building too. It's all gone. Yes, yes, it's very just funny. Yes, and then even the interactions between um, Nora and the Gogans and you know and the dialogue and. I can't think of an example, a specific example, but what I liked about it is many times in dialogue, someone will say something and I logically would say something back or you would say something, but many times in movies or musicals, they don't, but they did in this, like it, it was, it made sense. I really liked Nora's character and her retorts with people. Yes. Um, and then I, I really loved her character. I loved, I really loved the campiness but the good singing and the good acting in, in all of it. So I, the characters were strong, you know, and they weren't, um, 
the villains were good and they and they were distinct. So like the yeah. two parties of the villains were very distinct. They had very strong personalities. Um, and yeah, they're kind of like opposite ends of a spectrum. So sort of like you have dumb hit characters that feel kind of more dangerous uh, in a way, and then you have this guy who who acts and thinks he's smart, yeah. but is also like a, a con man. Like yeah. he's not really as smart as he thinks or wants other people to think. So they have very different approaches to things because they're coming from those stances, I guess. Yeah. 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 I think for uh, the Dr. Terminus, his science-based, some of the science-based stuff feels like it could have been either emphasized more or minimized. Like I felt like the amount that it was didn't quite match. It either needed to be more to establish it more as his character or not there for me. Uh, but yeah, he was, he was a, a a good con man, like sleazy kind of guy, uh, for Nora. Great. Uh, her character was, I don't know. She, she had a good, uh, personality, good. I don't know if gumption is good for this either, but Uh, a weird cut for anybody who didn't watch the same movie we watched yesterday, but she gave me vibes of the uh, main girl introduced in the fourth uh, Star Trek movie. Uh, the the one with the whales, uh, when they go to the past or whatever, she's just got that kind of, yeah, like you said, that gumption. Good at it, like, an attitude, but, you know, in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I was just gonna say, because it was the perfect mix, she was, uh, loving and kind and patient with, uh, with the boy Pete, but she, and she was also stern, but yet still loving with her father, yeah. um, who obviously had a problem with drinking um, and she'd have to pull him out of bars and whatnot. And then she was very good at interacting against uh, strong or misguided awesome. people. I mean, because she could hold her own against that. So yeah, she and just she's was also, really... Al- she's also got some like inner heartbreak that she's dealing with yes. because she has this guy that she loved who's been lost at sea for a year and is, you know, presumed dead because no one's seen him for so long um and and there was one point where her dad was really like stabbed her emotionally where where he was talking about how she's the one not being really realistic about the guy who who was lost at sea like thinking that he could still be alive and it's like wow man you need to calm down that's too (laughs) much yeah yes and so i just really i instead of uh, people being just caricatures and and not any depth or any substance to them. I just feel like they had very nicely established characters. Um, and then even Pete. I mean, I think it's some characters are well-rounded, but then others are indeed one just note, like one-note stereotypes, but like they play it into that, you know, yes. they, and they do it so delight. It's mostly, especially the villains are right. like very leaning into whatever their stereotype is, but they're so hamming it up that it's it's fun to watch. Yeah, and I, I don't know if, if that was quite the right word. What I just mean is that they were felt substantial. I don't know how else to say that. they The characters, each of the characters, of the major characters, felt, you know, anyway, felt strong. And, and either leaning into, of course, Nora was really the only, well, Nora, Pete, whatever, really well-rounded. But We Pete, should talk more about Pete and Elliot, especially. Yes, yes. And I think Pete, sorry, was... Such a good little actor and just such a cute little character. And then Elliot, I loved his his goofiness. I'd forgotten about that. I loved his little clickly and Pete, just the sounds. Pete's played by Sean Marshall. Just so you know, the oh, little okay. actor that you're complimenting. Oh, okay, okay. But Elliot, anyway, I loved too. He was just, and I loved their interactions with each other. That was really sweet. There were some really sorry heartfelt moments, but I, I liked I liked their connection. So yeah, Pete, I I liked his intro. There's this more there's more in animation, but I think you know, he comes in pretty strong with how capable he is as a as an actor and like interacting with nothing. Yeah, with nothing. <laughs> um I think I think the weakest part for me in his acting was when he was mad at, at uh mm, Elliot. Sure. That felt more like he went either Either too big, like, I, that felt the least 
authentic. Genuine. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but but otherwise, I think he did a really good job. And I really liked how Pete and Nora, like, their characters worked together. And the they had a couple of duets that I think mm, yeah. worked really well. Elliot, Elliot was, uh, was cute, but I don't know. For me, the lack, I didn't want him to talk, but I don't know. There was something missing from him for me, I guess. Like him, him focus scenes, like with Hoagie and Lampy going into the cave. That, that was pretty cute, actually, when he was, uh, hiding from the monster with them but he was the monster that actually that was pretty cute uh i don't know i think there's could have been more for me but but overall he was fine since you brought up that scene i think that some scenes kind of go on too long and i felt like that cave scene was one of them uh i i liked that first part where he's being all scaredy but i think i think i think after that could have been quicker because it was just it felt like it went on too long and the same with uh when he when uh hoagie returned to the doctor and was trying to tell him about the dragon just kind of felt like it went on too long could have could have clicked that a little bit yeah um elliot i don't hate him but he definitely hit some of the same annoyance points for me as another don bluth animated character stanley yeah (laughs) he's Mm. just too cute and saturan sometimes and it just kind of doesn't do anything for me and in fact drives me up the wall a little bit when it's too much um there's some scenes that i like with him i don't hate him overall he's certainly i do like him more than stanley um but like he's not my favorite i'll say yeah the mannerism of his wings flapping reminded me of stanley's ears sure of yeah. flapping like when excited yeah um, um, you can you can feel Don Bluth there for sure. Uh, Doctor Terminus, though, he really kind of saved the movie for me in in some respects. Uh, I really enjoyed that bar <laughs> scene with him, especially that bar was some scene. really that was some good comedy uh, when uh, when he's in there with Hoagie and um, and they're talking back and forth, and then at some point Lampy comes up or whatever. Oh, kind of okay. that whole scene, uh, that actor was really hitting it for me. Yeah, he, he was very funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, rewinding just a little bit, I can understand what y'all are saying about Elliot. Um, I have so much nostalgia for him, but probably Elliot was my my least favorite as far as character, it, the way they, they made him. And I, and I can understand what you're saying about being too cutesy. I think just because I just like, almost you know cry thinking about it i because i love the interaction she says almost she did cry (laughs) but between between elliot and pete is is what was endearing to me um and 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 i would get so wrapped up in the context of what was going on in the scene that elliot himself didn't bother me that much because i was just so emotionally involved in, in that connection and you know and that just loving taking care of each other, but that protective nature of him, but then him trying to get him laughing, you know, when he was down. Because I really was hooked at the very beginning. I had forgotten how much I loved Pete's character. And because to me, he had me so emotionally hooked from the beginning, whenever he was distraught or crying or whatever. Um, and then, you know, whatever Elliot tried to do to, to, make things better. I was just caught up in that. Also uh, a little bit with that cavern scene, but even leading into it, drunk people is not peak comedy for me. So oh, it's I not. didn't, I never got much of anything out of like, Extended. Oh, they're being so wacky. Cause they're drunk. Like there has to be another element. Like, uh, that I saw a dragon song and, and number is really good. Uh, but like just him being at antics of being drunk isn't. And so them like stumbling around going towards the cave and some of their reactions that are very drunk fueled in the cave. is just like not doing anything for me. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can, I wouldn't, I 100% agree. Those, to me, if you were going to cut anything in the movies, that those, you could cut that most, if not all of that, or just make it really, really short um, as far as their drunk interactions with each other or, or going from point A to point B drunkenly. I liked when Nora said stu- superstitious ding-dongs. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I liked her, like, almost cursing, but not cursing. Yes. <laughs> Yes. There's yes. definitely a few times where it felt like they were going to curse or like yeah. a curse would be appropriate there, but they had to But they they could they could quite words. do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, story-wise, 
I felt bad for uh, poor Elliot being stuck in the cave that whole time. He was in the cave a long time. But like, and maybe he wasn't only in the cave. But... I mean, at some point he went out to try to see if he could find the guy that was lost at sea. So no, he, he definitely to left at one point. Too. Yeah, I think he did go to town with them a lot. He went to school. He was there because he saw the teacher being mean. Yeah. So he was out a lot. I guess guess in the times where Pete was in the uh, lighthouse, then he would be down. The thought of of Elliot just being in the cave, it's like, what you doing all the time? Like, are you supposed to help the kids? But he was sitting on the beach. He's eating crabs. Yeah, yeah. But he was sitting on the beach, remember, when, when the bad guys ate? I think he really was, but he was being invisible and they just... In the uh, removed scene, or no, no, no. no, no. I think when when they like looked down, and he's like, he's over there, yeah. and they looked, and he sees nothing. He's like, he's invisible right now. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just curious. Yeah. So yeah, no. Is, and do I you can think see he's why eating crabs that. though? Like he's got to eat something, right? He ate apples earlier. He? Yeah, I mean, probably crabs, probably whatever he catches. <laughs> yeah, some fish. Yeah. yeah. Well, we know he eats fish because the fishermen were really upset. So yeah, uh, was he eating them or was he scaring them away? Either or, but he's got to eat some. He's got to eat. Yeah, he's I, a big I boy. think I feel like he was he, he was hunting them and he was eating. I don't mean like he ate them all up. Sure, but yeah, he was eating a, a, a lot. A combination of went. eating and scaring them. Yeah. I guess I felt like scaring because like the. There was a horse or something that just ran away at the beginning. But I'm saying my boy's got to eat. Sure. <laughs> um, also, just going back to your original thing about feeling bad about uh, Elliot being in the cave. My thought, which again, I can certainly see where you would get that perspective. But I, when I put it all together and even the whole thing in context, my thought is that that Elliot was primarily in the cave at night. Like he slept in the cave at night because, and then he was either out on the beach or, you know, or was with Pete if he was away from the lighthouse. Yeah. yeah. The thing is that he can be invisible. So like he could have, he doing. could have been there for that whole song where they're painting the lighthouse and stuff. He could have just been flying around for all we know. Yeah, just invisible. Like we literally, he's invisible. Yeah. <laughs> can kind of be whatever. Yeah. Who knows where he was then? <laughs> Do you guys want to talk about animation? Sure. Got some um, notes for you. The which is this is animation, but since this is primarily a live action film, we're also just talking general filmmaking stuff. Um, so, the lighthouse for the film was built on Point Buchan Trail in Montana de Oro State Park, located Ooh. south of Los Osos, California, substituting for Maine. It was equipped <laughs> with such a large beacon that Disney had to get special permission from the Coast Guard to operate it, since oh, wow. doing so during filming would have confused passing ships. Ooh, okay. And, and it was beautiful. I mean, right? it did, yeah. I- in, in earlier drafts, Elliot was mostly invisible aside from one animated sequence in which Dr. Terminus would chop up the dragon for his get-rich scheme. However, veteran Disney artist Ken Anderson felt the audience would lose patience with the idea and 100%. lobbied for Elliot to be seen more in his visible form during the film. Mm-hmm. In retrospect, Mammerstein conceded that we tried a completely invisible dragon, but it was no fun. It was lacking. It's a visual medium and you're making a film for kids. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, agreed. <laughs> I yeah. think the balance was pretty good. I think so. Less would have been worse. Less yeah, of a dragon. Agreed, agreed. Um, one technique used in the movie involved compositing with a yellow screen that was originally used in Mary Poppins and similar to today's green screen compositing, whereby up to three scenes might be overlaid together. For example, a live foreground, a live background, and an animated middle ground containing Elliot. So, so yeah, yeah, they were. I think overall the the effects of compositing him into their worked well i think so yeah um it's no roger rabbit but it's also not bad right i mean it's a theatrical kind of campy thing so i think it was fine not to be like fully integrated but but i that's one thing that i wanted to say about pete was his interactions with elliot were really good no he did a great job in the beginning him bouncing up and down implying that he's there yeah that felt good but then when they were interacting like and they have like some close-up shots and stuff too and like the kid's doing a good job yeah i think there's only a little bit of eye level not being quite right yeah there was a scene where he's like looking out the window and it didn't feel like his eyes were really going to where uh Elliot was right but for the most part yeah but like there was a tic-tac-toe scene handing things back and forth yeah. the eye the tear thing 
Like, I thought that was good. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I would agree. In fact, the only thing that stood out to me, actually, that I mean, well, that really stood out to me was during one of the songs when they were singing and, and Elliot was supposed to be whispering in his ear the way... Um, the way Pete was turning it, the little boy was turning his head that didn't quite match up, you know. Um, But other than that, I thought it was really well done. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as animation style, I would rather have there, there have been a more, I don't know, traditionally looking, could still be kind of round and cute, but dragon. So, so I, to me, it's reminiscent though of John Bluth, some of his styles, you know, from, his it's characters. Ve- it's and, yeah, very, very John Bluth. Very John Bluth. So, I mean, yeah. So, I, not that... Yeah, anyway. It wasn't my... It looks like you could put him in, like, all, all dogs go to heaven, and you'd be like, okay, yes. sure, a dragon's in this scene. Like, he just... Yes. He fits Don, the Don Bluth style that we know nowadays. Which, yeah. you know, uh, I don't think we said he art directed the Yes, film? he our Don Bluth is the art director for this. So, yeah, and, and it shows. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I liked the fence getting destroyed by Elliot. They had some really fun, <laughs> like, effects for invisible Elliot doing stuff. Oh, yeah. The, uh, I liked him stomping in the yes, cement. Yes. That was good, too. Yes. And I do, I do just really love kind of the colorful port town aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Like, it is, it is, it feels like a fun place to be in. And then the color of the movie is really pretty. Yeah. Environment wise, like, the whole kind of townspeople when, uh, Dr. Terminus comes into town and everybody's like mad and staring at him. When they started walking closer, I was like, this man's about to die. I was like, oh no, this town's about to jump this man. They didn't, but it was menacing. Yes, yes. It was so funny. The other thing I guess would go along with with this um, this part of it is I love the costumes. Um, They, and everything from, I loved the style and Nora's dresses. I love the little outfits for Pete. I love the disgusting outfits for the Gogans. Um, and then I loved Dr. Terminus's outfits <laughs> and his cape. He had a couple of different outfits, but he had this incredible cape and he was great at using it. Real grandiose, um, flimflam oh, man yes. style. Oh man. He, but he was phenomenal in twirling that cape and just doing different Definitely. things. But I loved his outfits. Oh my gosh. So good. Yeah. The, um, the, the numbers, well, Visually, the uh, the dragon number was very cool. The, I'm, I'm song wise, eh, but like it built into like Nora and a bunch of other people like rolling on barrels. Yeah, the end of that maybe was a bit too much when the barrels started uh, shooting. It was a lot. Beer out of it. <laughs> I'm like, that's just nasty. <laughs> For one, just not sure about that imagery, but for two, everyone's getting wet and it's gross. Yeah, yeah. They they did a lot there. There's yeah. definitely multiple, like, kind of gross things. The Gogans especially. It's like, like, have them in mud, have them in other substances to, just to be nasty and gross. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, that humor doesn't work for me anymore, but I'm sure kids are amused by it. I don't it. know. I'm sure they yeah. love it. Yeah. Uh, They're like, ah, they fell in mud. <laughs> and uh, That's why kids are, that's how they... Yes, for sure. Uh, and uh, Nora's solo on the the lighthouse—that mm-hmm. was—I really liked that. Too. The visual of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I also loved the dance numbers um, and the dancing. It, it just so—I just love Disney's. I realized my dad was director of theater for twenty-five years, and I grew up with musicals. So I, I love, love, love. When you have good choreography, good dancing, good costumes, um, and yeah, so so they did that with with multiple numbers. The bar scene that they're talking about, which yeah, I could have done without the very end with with the the beer coming out of the spouse. But I love them dancing on the barrels. I even enjoyed the scene. There's a scene in town where Nora is trying to you know let everyone be welcoming to um, to Pete and Elliot, um, and kids are dancing um, and dancing in circles, and there's a lot of choreography there. Um, yeah, just I just love. I'm getting the sense that y'all want to move on to the sound design section because we're just like really focused on the musical. Well, numbers I mean, now. I'm talking yeah. about the, the I get choreography you. of it. Yeah. I get you, yeah. but let's be able to talk about all of it. Sure. Well, uh, real fast though, I think I think they did pretty good with interacting with an invisible Elliot. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were, uh, I think th- there was a, an egregious, uh, not egregious, but 
only one part where it was obviously glass that somebody oh. was running into. <laughs> sure. But it worked fine. Yeah, but but otherwise I, I think they did a good job. And and really I really liked the first intro with Pete bouncing up and down. Yeah. Like that that still felt like he was there. I think that was really good. Definitely. Uh, there's no point in the live action question because it's live action. <laughs> so going to move on to sound design. Uh, this film received two nominations at the 50th Academy Awards for musical scoring and original song. Capitol Records released a single of Helen Reddy performing Candle on the Water with a different arrangement from that in the film that reached number 27 on the adult contemporary charts. Cool. Yeah, mom started tearing up when the opening credit music played. <laughs> like, we were literally, we had just started the movie. The opening credit music was playing. We didn't uh, recognize then, but uh, we, after the movie, we listened to it a little bit again. And the uh, it's mostly an instrumental version of Candle on the Water. So yeah. that was hitting her real hard. She yes, was literally tearing yes, up. Yeah. She was also really hyped for the Saw Dragon song in the bar. Yeah. She was just, like, clapping and, like, singing along with it instead. Yes, yes. Yes. Um, me personally, Candle in the Water didn't do a lot for me. Um, I felt like the cinematography was really boring because it was just a very slow pan in for the whole song. And I get it, but it just doesn't do much yeah, for me. It, and the song itself. Time. I understand. I understand <laughs> it didn't do much for me. I was not very impressed I, I by that. Song. I, can, I can understand. Not a lot of action going on, but it was beautiful. I love the lighthouse. Yeah. Um,. Now that said, uh, every little piece, the the villain uh, song yes. about chopping up Elliot, yes. love that, uh, yes. beautiful. <laughs> of course, that yeah. was it. Yeah. Was it had real um, it reminded me of Nightmare Before Christmas, the kidnap the Sandy Claus, oh, where, they, oh, yeah. where the kids are singing about chopping up Santa Claus and stuff. Like, it really had energy there, um, and I like I liked how it built in intensity and had he was able to duet with uh, Hoagie or whatever, like. It was just a lot of fun. Um, and then I also, that that and then Bill of Sale uh, are my two favorites, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Bill of Sale has the the Gogans coming back and trying to be like, hey, we have a Bill of Sale that we own this kid. And then they're having a musical battle back and forth with Nora, who's, who's singing back at them about yeah. how she's not going to let them have him. Yeah. It's good. She's yeah. like, if not, I'll like, put you, get you one between yeah. the eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. threatening these people. It's, it's great. It's very good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I did like uh, the musicality of uh, There's Room for Everyone. It's a little, what do you say, saccharine. It it's, is. A, it's a little overly <laughs> sweet, but but I really liked like the musicality of it. Yeah. And and just ultimately, you know, some of the songs stood out more than others as Definitely. far as Which is always going to be the case. But I, but I, I mean, I just... To me, they were a perfect combination with the acting, with the dancing, with, with you know, with the storyline. They were just, it was just delightful. I, I loved them. Anything else with sound design? Other than, I was just going to, I just can't emphasize enough the one you said, money, money, money. Just the dancing and the acting and that song was just. Oh, yes, he oh, did more of his cape just, moves. Uh, he was phenomenal with his cape during that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he gave me big uh, goob energy. A roller <laughs> hat guy from um, the Meet the Robinsons. Mm, and I and I just got delighted when they do the tiptoe whatever kind of like sneaking motion and yeah. stuff. Oh my gosh, it was good. I guess lastly, I'll, I'll mention that the composer uh, did a great job and that was Erwin Kostel. Uh, who I know I recognize the name of because he did the music for one version of Disney's Fantasia. Ooh, uh, we'll talk wow. about it more when we actually cover wow. Fantasia, but there's the original instrumentation by Leopold Stakinsky or something. Um, and then in the 70s or 80s, they re-released it in theaters and redid the music. And Erwin Kostel was the conductor for that. Are we oh, going to wow. have to watch two versions of that? I don't think so. I think we'll just watch one version. But okay. it's, it's mostly a fun, interesting fact. And then um, the Walt Disney Legacy Collection um, album that they put out for Vantasia is like four discs. Because they have the first two devoted to the original and the second to the other one. So right. oh, wow. no matter okay. which one you like, they've got you covered there. Cool. Let's go on to the part that our podcast is named after. How's it hold up? 
mostly decently. Uh, the the two things I actually wrote down was that there was a fat joke in the doctor's song about uh, a woman complaining that he s- gave her something to make her thin and it made her fatter or something. Um, yeah. And, and then he's like, but there's more to love. So, you know, kind of eye-rolly. Yeah. Um, and then... During the bar song, I didn't really like how the men were grabbing at Nora. <laughs> it kind of made me uncomfortable. They yeah. would just, like, grab her and pull her back and stuff early in the song before she, like, is up on the barrel and stuff in a way that was just kind of, stop being grabby hands, guys. Nasty. Right. Um, Whenever the the Gogans were like, oh, you get the boy and I'll yeah, get her. Yeah, yeah. The Gogans were being real c- creepy like and that. sketch towards her, too, when yeah. they when they entered later in the movie. I don't know. I, I didn't have anything I wrote down other than that. You guys have any other thoughts? Um, no. I mean, I, otherwise, I feel like it 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 held up. I mean, I know you talked about the mispronouncement. Sorry, I think the only other thing would be them mispronouncing uh, Passamaquoddy. Maybe mispronouncing. Yeah, I mean, but, I don't know yeah. exactly how it's supposed to be said, but well, there was definitely I, I jokes about, about the song. Yeah, yeah. He in the yeah in the song that introduces the doctor. He cannot say the name right for the life of him, which is actually a running gag with him even after the, the song. So. But, which but, it says more about him. Yes, I was going to say, to me, I think the reason that it didn't bother me too much is because it was more, to me, showing that he doesn't care. He's just there to make money. Yeah. And that he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to be bothered by 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 them and that that they're also his least favorite. And, and, and it's also friend. kind of like a, he thinks he's so smart, but he can't even, like, remember, r- remember how to pronounce this name like well, it's it's a bit of both him not caring and like he can't get his tongue around it kind of thing yeah and, and the the contrast between what he is saying about this being his favorite town but on can't stop. even say it yeah. exactly yeah yeah definitely let's go on to our spoiler alert so um the gogans and the doctor meet up and right. they divide, the doctor devises a plan to capture both uh, Pete and Elliot. Yes, and for the Gogans to have Pete and for him to take Elliot. Right. And harpoon and, him. Yeah, yeah, so rude. And also, um, before that, uh, Pete asks Elliot to go out and try to look for uh, Nora's long lost person that she loves. Um, Paul. Paul. Um, and turns out Paul is still alive, and so in this climactic stuff, he's also trying to sail back on his on a ship but it's uh, during rainy. during a it's storm, a and storm. and they're and they're trying to keep the lighthouse so he can find his way, but a, a big wave comes and and wrecks it. So that's part of the end thing, also. Tension. Um, as uh, mom definitely noticed because she said something out loud during it. Uh, the the compositing on the sailor guys in the mm. boat not great whenever like windy rain would go in front of them it would it would obviously tint only their bodies and not any of the surrounding background yeah <laughs> which is like that doesn't look like you guys are actually here in this real place yeah um, i wonder yeah it was dark so maybe if they had a I don't know, some lighting that felt that it brought it together more with, like, lightning going and flashing. With yeah, them. there'd have it to be weird. something to obscure, but as it is, it's just, like, like they're two, ghostly or two guys that have effects on them suddenly yeah. while nothing else in the scene does, yeah. and that's yeah. just yeah. Uh, not, not good compositing there. Yeah. Um, it was just, and also just kind of silly of, like, oh, there's Paul! Uh, yeah, right. Like, gotta make it back. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, where have you been? Well, we find out that he's uh, crashed his original ship and then lost his memory, uh, but then something else bumped his head recently and he got his memory back. And I'm like, <laughs> Elliot, you could have killed him. You can't just bump people on their heads to cure. Come on. But he's fine. He's, he comes he back and Paul's fine. Um, I thought that the send-offs for the villains were a little lackluster for me. Uh, yes. I don't know. I could have had more buildup, especially with uh, the doctor. I, I don't know. They're fine, um, but they're, they weren't, they weren't terribly great endings yeah. for these villains. Yeah. yeah. It could have been stronger. I guess that part was kind of a, maybe a weakness of the story was the tension or the buildup to the, the conflict ending in the climax. And then the resolution, like there was some weakness in that, uh, climax to resolution part. And I also felt like uh, with the climax of Elliot trying to light the uh, firehouse, I felt like I could have had a little Lighthouse. more clarification 
on why he was struggling. Yeah. They're like, oh, his body's stuck in the stairs, but it's like, okay, well, what does that mean exactly? Yeah. And how does he overcome that? Exactly. <laughs> it's it's not really clear. He just finally manages to do it. No, after, you actually, like, it did one cutscene where you see his body then out on the railing. Right. And what is the, like... I don't understand why that's making him not able to do the thing, and I don't understand what needs to happen for him to overcome that obstacle. Like, do you so therefore the it's a bad do obstacle. You... No, what I'm saying is he was in the stairwell, but then somehow they no, didn't show that transition. He, no, you're, see, you're not even understanding the scene. His butt was always out, and then his middle is in the stairwell, and his head is up top. Okay. But that only emphasizes the point of it's not a very well, like, designed yeah. scene and obstacle. Yeah. yeah. Because it's, like, it's hard to not fully understand what's happening. And it, once he finally does it, there's no, like... Why? Yeah, you did it. Because it's like, well, why couldn't you do it the other times? And he just, like, keeps trying until it finally happens. So yes. it's... That felt like that could have been done better. The, a yeah. lot of the ending kind of resolution of the villains and that and the lighthouse and everything felt kind of rushed and messy and like it needed another pass or two in the script. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I did like uh, kind of along with it, but then I don't think they wrapped this part up well either, um, that an, an invisible Elliot comes into the barn where the Gogans have, mm-hmm. have Pete captured and um, all the fishermen and they throw down all these nets. And so now you see all of these live actors and the fishermen and, and the villains and everybody interacting with this covered in the shape of a dragon, yeah. all these tarps and all that's spinning around. But to me, what was not as clear or I feel like I wish it would have been developed more is ultimately the Gogan stuff Pete into a bag and they take him off. They take him out. They get on a wagon. They're going to get away. And, but somehow Pete is still like, I think when he popped his head up at one point yelling, Ellie, please help me. Save me. Save me. Then all of a sudden, Elliot is able to just like, because you see him with his little hand, just lift up the tarp and yeah, and stand up. He's just and suddenly then go able out. to do it. So yeah, so so that connection of what changed, why he was able to get out of this, I don't understand. I will say it was also neat to have like a physical representation mm-hmm. of him with yes. the tarp, but it also felt to me like the people designing that physical representation and the people designing the cartoon were not communicating because it didn't look much like him. Yeah. It was kind of vaguely in the shape. But then he was on all fours, which he almost never does. And yeah. the head did not look like his head. Or yeah. or possibly if it did sort of look like his head, it's like his face was looking up the whole time. Like it didn't it didn't look that much like him. Yeah, I don't think it looked like him, but I did think it was cool. I think it was the silhouette cool. was clear that it was a dragon yeah. type thing. So I did just not clear that it's this dress. Yeah, yeah. I, I did like it though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Overall, yeah. I'm glad that that was there rather than not. But definitely, like it could have been better in terms of feeling like the actual dragon we've seen in the rest of the movie. Yeah, and I did think it was a, a clever way to, you know, have the physicality. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So Thing I did like animated. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. definitely. The other thing that I would have really liked to make this just absolutely perfect for me is at the end, um, you know, after, you know, Elliot does does foil the villains, he, you know, basically um, burns up the con- this bill of sale that the Guggens had and and dumps uh, the 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 mother um, uh, into into some tar and then all of them get in there they they go off and then the harpoon I, I forgot how that happened the oh, rope, the, rope, the rope was it, around his leg yeah. that's right or um his, his but butt. but yeah but basically then you know kind of scares or doesn't make a deal with with the doc who then just wants did, to buy his spare parts. I did like that yeah. once the once actually killing and just harvesting this beast was like off the table for him he's like well what if i try the much less like the much more almost reasonable tact of hey can i just can I pay you for like the stuff that like the parts of you that like fall off and stuff yeah like, yeah <laughs> like yeah. If you if you had tried that tack to begin with, you might have had more uh, yeah, success. Yeah. But, but instead, pay, you tried to kill him. He would have had to pay more over time. I understand. Yeah. Cool five dollars right thought, now. I just thought it was really funny. As like like yeah, yeah that makes yeah. sense for me that this man would do this. Yeah. He's like he's like let me go with the thing that makes me the most money. Oh, that's not working for me. 
Uh, can I have, I would like some money though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, anyway. While he's hanging upside down. The other thing that I would have really liked to totally wrap this up is Elliot saved the the mayor and the council members coming out because a telephone or electricity was, was falling and he saved them from that. But anyway, at the end, they're thanking Elliot. And, um, and then, of course, Paul is reunited with Nora. And so you've got... Nora and um, and Pete and Paul and her dad happily going to the lighthouse. You've got a wonderful family there, um, and there and then Elliot is um, is kind of lags behind, and so Pete goes and you know is talking to him, and you find out that Elliot is going to leave because he needs to help another child who is in danger and he's not coming back. And so you have a very emotional scene there, but nowhere between whether it was in the town with the, with the mayor and everybody thanking or somewhere around that scene, I just would have really liked another big kind of musical number or something. I don't know to kind of, you wanted it to go out with a bigger bang. I get you. Honestly, you could have had a reprise of their song. Like, I mean, I think they yeah. do sing a little bit as they're walking off, but it's it's a very light kind of thing. Yeah. I think mom wanted like a big, grandiose musical ender. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that would have made it perfect. So that's the only thing that I that I really missed. Uh, I guess uh, kind of uh, hitting on what you were saying about the ending, I think I think that ending was a bit weak just story-wise of like, I don't know, like there's lots of I don't know if there's lots of, but there are other imaginary friends sort of films that do the, like, you know, you're, you're good now and I've got to go. And this was, um, maybe not the worst, but it wasn't high up there. Yeah, what's the the Disney Channel, like, Boogeyman one, too? That one's got that. that one's really good. Yeah. (laughs) What, Don't Look Under the Bed was that one? Don't Look Under the Bed. Mm -hmm, mm Yes. Yeah, there's, like, Bogus, there's, like, Drop Dead Fred, like, there's lots of different kinds. Yeah, it's definitely a concept that appears in other films. Yeah, I feel like... It feels like that ending plays more into the original idea of him being imaginary yes. than real, which is weird. Like, we don't really get the. There's like one scene where Pete talks about, like, he came to me at some point. And that's like the most that we really get on how they were even together to begin with. Yes. And, and then it's just like, oh, well, I gotta go. I. Some other kid needs me. And it's like, how do you hear that? And also what? <laughs> like, it's just kind of is like, I, I can see it on a metaphorical level of, okay, this kid is out of the trouble and now he has this family. He doesn't need this dragon anymore. But like, that works better if the dragon was imaginary. Yes. But it was a real dragon. And he's just, it's just a real dragon who's got like this mission in life, I guess, to go find children in need. Okay, yeah. I like, just I would like to know a little more about your whole deal, Elliot. But sure. <laughs> yeah, like I don't think we need a whole explanation of the the mechanism, but just a little bit more of something. Um, it feel- or or like a little nod to where Elliot goes. I think like in Drop Dead Fred. Uh, spoilers for Drop Dead Fred. At the end of the film you see another little kid doing the like pinky promise thing that the original little girl and Fred did. So she doesn't see Fred anymore, but she has a feeling that, that, that there is another little girl who is um, making trouble with, with her imaginary friend. Yeah. Just a, a little acknowledgement of, you know, Elliot's going somewhere where he is helping somebody else, not just telling us and then letting it move forward. I think. I I, th- I also think it just thematically doesn't work with what the film actually did because trying to tie it into its themes, the thing where that I most think of is the scene where he's like, I sent Elliot to go find your guy, and she's like sad about it because she had, she doesn't until the very end of the film know that Elliot's actually real, and so she thinks this is a thing that Pete's been making up, and she thinks you know that he's still kind of living in his fantasy land and is also in within that realm, within that realm, trying to like kind of comfort her with a, like we'll find the thing that's making you sad or whatever. And so she kind of has a thing of, we both need to, to kind of grow up and let go of these things. I need to accept that he's, he's died at sea. It isn't coming back. And you need to accept that you have a family now and you don't need this imaginary friend anymore. And like, 
ultimately she's wrong yeah. because her love is still alive. She was right to continue believing that. And he comes back to her at the end. So also, the then, dragon is real. So the then therefore, shouldn't he keep being with the dragon? <laughs> like right. He shouldn't need to let the dragon go then. Because the message was that you should keep believing in the people you love or whatever. Like, you you know, like, that would have worked better if he was imaginary, but he wasn't. He's a real dragon, so it feels weird that he doesn't get to just jaunt off into the sunset with them at the end and just be part of a big, weird, happy family. Yeah. Like, it just, it doesn't, it feels like you didn't rewrite enough when you decided to change it from being imaginary to real. Right. Like, you just really needed to do more because too much of the story that you had written or we're basing it off of, I don't know how, to what exactly the original story was like. Too much of that was like wrapped up in the idea that this is an imaginary character. So Yeah, and I think there's kind of a uh, a fight between uh so Elliot isn't owned by Pete, so when the doctor is like, Can you sell it me to him? He's like, Well, I don't own him. I couldn't do that. But Pete is telling Elliot what to do all the time. And obviously it doesn't mean he owns him, but there's that contrast of if he were imaginary, they would be more connected and this would feel, you know, more warranted. Because if if Pete is telling Elliot what to do all the time, well, what is he going to do when he doesn't have Pete telling him what to do? Like, uh, Pete is ostensibly keeping Elliot from, like, doing damage, from putting himself in danger because people are like, oh, my gosh, that's a dragon. Because why else would you, you want him to be invisible? So if he were his own dragon... Maybe it would be safer and better to live in a town where people understand and accept that there is a dragon here. Yeah. yeah. And also, couldn't he help the other kids in this town? We don't see them, like, being in danger, but there could be different stories where Elliot could be helping the kids here. So, yeah, the the ending was a little weak, I think, for me in that sense. Yeah. Anything else with Spoilers. No more spoilers. Let's go on to our favorites and least favorites. What was your least favorite scene in the movie? I think to me, the the drunken interactions and, and you know, yeah. Yeah, especially the trip from the bar to the cave. Yes. Which is just them drunkenly ambling along the beach. Like, not, not interested. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree. What was your favorite scene in the movie? The interaction with Nora and the school teacher, uh, her mm. convincing the teacher to take Pete whenever she's like, well, does he have the certificate or his school records? And she's like, they burned. And oh, the fire burned that too. And it's like, don't you think he should want an education? And their fake smiles at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and when they turn around and they drop their smiles. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think so I think I'm gonna yeah I think that just barely edges out the bar the bar scene with the uh, Doctor Terminus for me because I really did like laugh out loud at that like it was funny that was a funny part with her so yeah I'm gonna agree so many it's so hard to pick um, <laughs> I absolutely love the school teacher and her scene but I think I'm gonna go with one of the the interactions between uh, Nora and Pete um, and. I think I, I think I want to go with one of the first nights um, where she is uh, getting him into the shirt and she got him cleaned up and she fed him the chowder. It just was really I just loved it because it was so endearing. It was realistic too, like as far as the the amount of affection versus restraining yourself from, you know, a kid you just met that you, you know, you're surmising what's going on with them, but it was just so sweet. Um, it, everything from, again, the, their singing. And of course I absolutely love her voice. Um, but her putting the shirt on him, you know, helping with the sleeves and all of that. Loved it. Who was your least favorite character in the movie? Um, maybe the dad, Lampy. Yeah. He was, he wasn't terrible. And in fact, I liked, I think for not liking characters being drunk in terms of like finding comedy in that, I think he did a good job at it. I think, honestly, well, maybe Hoagie then. Hold on. I, I enjoyed some of Hoagie's just like bumbling sidekick to the villain stuff. I think more, I think for me, it is Lampy. I'll switch to Hoagie. Cause I liked his, I liked Lampy's acting for what it was. Yeah. 
which Lampy Lampy was Mickey Rooney. Yeah, I I'm gonna stick with Lampy, your hoagie. Yeah. How about you, Mom? That's a tough one. Uh, I mean, you know, I want I want to say because I, I really loved all of the 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 main characters and even some of the side main characters. You know, so I don't really want to go with something weak like, well, the mayor or whatever, because you hardly, sure. hardly know those He's people. A bit character. So I think, though, ultimately, I'm going to go with Hoagie, too. I really liked Hoagie, but I liked the interactions. I, I mean, I really liked Mickey Rooney, the father of uh, Lampy's um, acting. But I also, what I liked more was some of the interactions between even him and Pete and him and, you know, and, and as part of that family unit. Sure. Um, so I, so in that sense, I, I don't want to say him. So I think I'm I'm going to go with Hoagie, too. Who was your favorite character in the movie? Nora. Oh, yeah, man. That's all. Well, I just mean, it's, to me, it's kind of a toss-up between Nora and Pete. Um, but... I think it is telling that none of us are considering Elliot, so... Oh, We don't yeah. hate Elliot, but he's definitely yeah, not the no, star of the show. No. And, and again, I absolutely loved um, Dr... Terminus. Yeah, thank you. Dr. Terminus and all, but... I think since you, sorry, since you did say, um, Nora, I'll go with, I'll go with Pete. I just, he just won my heart from the beginning, but I do absolutely love Nora. That, those, those two are very, very close, like just a hairline between. <laughs> you didn't say. I, I know. Yeah, yeah I'm just I amused know. by the look you're giving me. <laughs> um, yeah, this probably isn't surprising. It's Dr. Terminus. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay, good, good, good. I, I'm happy now because I think yeah. my three of my favorite characters are all have all been represented here. <laughs> yeah, um, Jim Dale, he just does a great job of like being this guy who thinks he's so smart, um, but is not and is also just a con man. Like, he's good. What character would Tim Curry have played if he were in the movie? Um, Terminus. It does feel like I wouldn't want to replace Jim Dale, but like, yeah, that seems like the role that you would give him if you had cast him in the movie. Yeah. (laughs) That's where he would go. Like, clearly. Um, I do think it would be hilarious to think about him voicing Elliot, though. That's what I was thinking, (laughs) too. (laughs) It would be really funny. (laughs) What was your least favorite song? I think it is the one that riffs on the name Pas Pasmasquati. Pasam Pasamatiqua. Yeah, whatever. However, Pasamaquati. I think is how they say it. I think they actually riff on the the title of the song being a wrong name of the town, at least from one of when I was looking up the songs. But anyway, the the one where he was messing up the name of the song or the name of the town and introducing himself. Yeah, I think I'm gonna agree. Uh, I'm going to say it's not easy. It was boring. I don't care about it. I can barely remember what it sounds like. Oh, wait a minute. I can barely remember the scene that it was in, but it's between I saw a dragon and the, when Dr. Okay, Terminus gonna, comes it's in. It's with Nora and, and Pete. It's boring. I don't She's care like, about it. It's not it. easy making room for whatever. Yeah. Sorry. I, my I'm my be, least favorites yeah. are kind of all in the vein of that one. It's It's not easy. Candle on the water. There's room for everyone. None of them do much for me. Brazzle Dazzle Day. None of them do much for me. <laughs> yeah, I actually, Brazzle Dazzle, I, I agree. I know that's like, hey, we've settled into a groove. We're going to be a family right before, you know, the the Gogans get in. But so, but I, I agree that one is low on the list as well. Yeah, I think I'm going to jump ship to, to your Stanica. Um, it's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah. What was your favorite song? So... Uh, it is between Bill of Sale, which I think that one will win. But I also, like I said, uh, there's room for everyone. I really did like the musicality of that one. There was something about it that, like, I I found, I don't know, different or just, just interesting. But which one are you ultimately going with? I think Bill of Sale, just because that was a fun back and forth. All right. I have to say this and I have to qualify. Are you kind of two? Okay. Sure, sure. My favorite song to listen to and get caught up is Candle on the Water. Sure. That just got my heart. But my favorite song to watch and listen to was Money, Money, Money. I mean, that was, or am I saying that wrong? No. The, the what is Every one. Little Piece? Oh, Every Little Piece. So we're yes. talking about every Chopping Them Up. So, so sorry. Every Little Piece. I don't want to say Many, Many, because I said, said that all. He does say it But um, yeah, Every Little Piece, because that was just so perfectly. But like, like if I was going to listen to like a, a playback or listen to a CD, I would want to hear Candle on the Water. Sure. But if I, wa- watching this again, what I enjoyed most was Every Little Piece. Oh, that was so good. 
Uh, every little piece is my second. I, I do have to also go with Bill of Sale. That one was really fun. Just the back and forth with them and, and the the physicality of it and stuff too. The the um actors that play the Gokens, all of them are really like good at yeah. doing physical comedy stuff. They know what the, they're about. The sons just seem manic and crazed with some of the positions they'll take on top yeah. of stuff. Like <laughs> it's good. Yeah, they're they're good. And then Nora had a really strong back and forth of like, I'm I'll beat your I'll beat you. <laughs> don't even try it. Like it's great. It's good and it's just a catchy song. So honestly yeah. it did feel like she's like, I'll kill you if you <laughs> pretty pretty much. <laughs> And I don't doubt she would. <laughs> no, I don't either. She was like, I'll do it and throw you out to sea and they'll never find you. Ah. <laughs> All right. Let's go on to our overall consensus and what we would rate it. I give, I guess, a light recommendation. It was a... a ah. no. <laughs> Mom's just going to be offended if we don't say it's a five. No, it was fine. There was some good parts. But, you know, if you're not into these sorts of musical films, this isn't going to... This isn't like, you don't even have to like it. This is done so well. This is yeah. just a good film for what it is. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'll go with a, a 2.5 for this one. But, it, you know, I think this would be... Younger kids might enjoy some of the uh, over-the-top acting. Again, this is theatrical. This is very campy in a way. Uh, and I think if you're if you just really love like kind of old musicals, yeah, that that are the colorful, campy, uh, with really big dance numbers, like that's probably they, gonna bump it up for you. Yeah, I mean they have the the comedy with him breaking the fence and stuff like that. Like there's uh, a lot of of silly things that I think kids will enjoy. Ah, oh, that breaks my heart. No, it's great. <laughs> Um, oh, I love this so much because, but again, I grew up on musicals and I love musicals and this was so well done. Um, I'm not going to give it a perfect five, but I am going to go 4.5. Uh, and I would absolutely recommend it because I mean, this is so family friendly, you guys. Um, and I'm excited to see if my, um, three and a half, almost four year old grandson, um, how he'll enjoy it because he has from the day he was a baby, he is adored. I loved music and he's always, he enjoyed Happiest Millionaire watching that with me, which oh, wow. is a musical. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see. I totally forgot about Pete's I mean, if you enjoy Happiest Millionaire, he'll probably yeah, enjoy Pete's Dragon. Seriously. Yeah, and, and yeah. So, but anyway, um, but I'm rating the only reason I'm, I'm not giving it a perfect five is I would have liked that. I would have liked a final, uh, number, musical number at the end. And there's, you know, a, a few other things, um, that, that I wish, you know, better ending for our villains and so forth. But anyway, but otherwise, I, I just so thoroughly enjoy this. And again, I, I would, I would hi- actually highly recommend it because I think it's a wonderful, <laughs> family friendly, just feel good, great movie. So, um, I lightly recommend it. Um, yeah, if, if you're like mom and especially have a lot of nostalgia for the era of the the big uh, live action musicals, like you'll probably like it even more. I I do like that stuff. Just this movie itself, it has stuff that I don't enjoy that much. Um, I'll go two point five. Yeah. Um, I I think I think it's a, a decent little movie. Um, it's far from perfect. Um, but you can do a lot worse. Yeah, um, nostalgia wise, I doubt this would disappoint. You. Yeah, if yeah. Like, I like this. I think you watch. Yeah, it and if enjoy you remember it. watching it as a kid and liking it, I don't think this is one of those that you're gonna go back and be like, "Oh, this is garbage." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, it's flawed. It might, maybe, it doesn't hold up to exactly what you remember for as you're a kid, or maybe you like it even more. I don't know, but I think it's fine. Two point five. Thank you all very much for listening. Thank you, thank you, and I would love for you to join me any Wednesday um, on Twitch with. Nana Critter, N-A-N-A-C-R-I-T-T-E-R, where I stream um, and play, uh, I was about to say Witcher, <laughs> I was a never well, um, I did do that earlier, um, but I'm playing Final Fantasy IX, um, having so much fun, I'm even doing voices uh, and having fun with that, and my beautiful, wonderful daughter and daughter-in-law here will join me in the chat, they're there to support me each week, and we're super friendly, so um, come come join us, I would love for you, and like in any Wednesday at 7 p.m. And next time, uh, I don't know how aware everyone is of this, but uh, Pete's Dragon has a remake. It's it's part of Disney uh, remake culture, so we'll be checking that one out. Uh, it is 
my understanding of it is is that it changes the time and place and most of the characters and <laughs> changes it from a comedy to a drama and oh, is no. not a, and is not a musical. Oh, so seems true. very different, but we'll see if it's good in its own right or not. We will. Next time. Bye. 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 Love y'all. Bye. This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 279-0566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H.com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening. My name is Danica. <laughs> Why? <laughs> just wanted to. Why did you do that? I figured you could start over. You're so mean. <laughs> Ruined the podcast. Ruined it. We gotta scrap the whole thing. It's all done. You're such a scampy. A shrimp scampy. Okay. <laughs> Shifting back real quick, I can I can definitely see what y'all are saying with Pete. I think it's I have such nostalgia. I mean, probably to be honest, Elliot is said Pete. Yeah. I keep um, saying that. No, it's Pete's Pete. dragon named Pete. Elliot. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like Frankenstein <laughs> and Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> I know, I know. Pete's dragon. That's yes. the dragon. Let's go on to our overall consensus and what we would rate it. Uh, you need to say song. You're right. <laughs> What how was? You, how could you forget? <laughs> I did even lower for all. Oliver and Company had a pretty big split. You did two point seven five. You did two point five, and I did two point two five. I'm not crying about that low. Why? This is hey, not a reflection hey, of you. Yeah, know, you go I'm with what's in your heart. If your heart says a five, do a five. But we're gonna do what this our is, heart says. This is like when we're like, know, uh, just, we have nostalgia boost. This is actually yeah. This is this is like me and Invader Zim, and you guys being like, that's a bull movie and i'm like wow yeah. i'm gonna cry <laughs> and you did i you did really i sobbed i sobbed, I sobbed. <laughs>